and welcome to episode 310 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Jack Carper and a returning Alex Jones. It's a busy week this week as we begin to cross over into World Cup territory and if you keep your eyes peeled on your feeds this week, we'll have some extra content to keep you occupied. First though, a lot has actually happened this weekend but not a lot has changed. Arsenal remain at the top of the tree as we head into Christmas. Graham Potter is still struggling to have his sides put the ball in the back of the net and both Cristiano Ronaldo and Piers Morgan remain two of the most reprehensible beings on the planet. (laughs) We reflect on some of that Southgate squad selection and UFC 281. How are we doing today? Well, not not that well. It's a bit like <laughs> time, really. I'm just I'm having a torrid time of it at the moment. I have to say. We'll get on to that. I'm telling you the 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 buzz I get when one of those intros is uh, delivered perfectly. Can't <laughs> describe it to you. That was our fifteen. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like. Go on, Alex. I wish I had a second take uh, trying to leave the house this morning. I managed to lock myself in the porch. Had to get rescued. That's brilliant. How, Locked how have you in the porch. So between this is incredible. the front door and the house. So yeah. literally in almost a little lobby. Yeah. In a, yeah. That, in so a that, glass that case small, of emotions, I would say. That, that small bit of space between the front door and the main door where we've got a coat, few coats stored. Yeah. And there's a load of spiders. I'm fine with spiders, but being in a confined space with them for an hour wasn't fun. You've just engineered your own bush tucker trial. It must be a weird one because you're used to locking other people in there. (laughs) (laughs) Blimey. Being locked in a porch is kind of like a metaphor for watching Chelsea versus United. So I I don't know (laughs) how I get out of this. I don't know who I want to win. Do you know, I, I literally had no excuse either because... No, you don't. I, there I, is no excuse I, for that. I literally walked into the porch and closed the door, knowing that I had no keys in my pocket. And how embarrassed were you asking for help? Uh, not well. Ironically, if you want some way to make yourself laugh on a Monday morning, that was it. So uh, I did. After after three phone calls, I found a party that was willing to drive up to Tewkesbury to uh, free me. Other than that, I was going to start to email my Call work the fire brigade. Email my work colleagues and ask for water on on their lunch break or something like that. <laughs> I was only I was about five minutes away from uh, designating a pea corner. Blimey! All right. Well, on that note, we do have some news of the week to get into, and we will get straight into that. Officer fatally shoots man who is stabbing himself. <laughs> Do we? I mean, uh, mm, I suppose put him out of his misery. Yeah. Mercy killer. I bet there was some horrid investigation where they had to figure out whether he died from the stabbing or the bullets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Was this Japan? I bet that this has got a Japan vibe to it. No, it was in America. Oh, okay. <laughs> But now that you started us off with um, racism, we'll uh, carry on. Uh, no, it's because they've got a thing on like assisted suicide. So like it's a great honour. So if it was in Jesus. somebody's power. Well, they do, don't they? That's part of their part of their culture. Yeah, so I probably wouldn't have shot him then. Probably just let him is, stop himself. Hang on, wait, wait. It's no, part, no, no. It's part of their it, culture. It, so yeah, it's, so well, it's not. So You've been back for a week. 
<laughs> it's considered it's considered a great honor in Japanese culture to help somebody end their life. Has he come back as way. Finch? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. That's, that's true. No, it's obviously, obviously, we're living in a modern age now, and it's very like they don't like the public to do that. Obviously, but people aren't shoving samurai swords in their stomach anymore. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. You get my point. I don't think I do. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to get the point. That's, uh, yeah, that's all part of the suicide. It's, it's, it's nice. The point of, it was an educational history. <laughs> Jack's just watched a man hang himself and give him some more rope. So, you want, want some more of that? <laughs> all right, well, we'll move on. Um, rats have rhythm and love to dance to Lady Gaga, scientists discover. <laughs> that's, that's a lot nicer. Thanks. That's like These pesky trailer. scientists, as we always say. It's part of rat, um, rat culture. All right, well, we'll get back to it. Bar stabbing ruled accidental. Man was showing knife when friend hugged him, police say. It's about of an excuse, isn't it? Wrong uh, place, wrong time. That's straight man up. arrested for allegedly throwing eggs at the king is banned from having eggs. <laughs> wow. So US How's that being enforced? Yeah, how do you enforce that? That's tough. He's <laughs> just got like in every store ever, there's a photo of this man. Don't sell him eggs wherever he is. He's got a tag for yeah. it. I, I remember when I worked at the um, supermarket that rhymes with him, Schmoop, and you'd have people that would come in and they would try and do scams and you would get that more than people that were banned from buying certain things. But there was a spell where people were basically going into shops in the area and they would say, do you have change for a 20? And then they get the change for a 20 and then they go, okay, now I have the change for the 20. Can you break that down into pound coins? And they'd have the pound coins and say, can you do it two pound coins? And they just bombard people going through the coins and back and forth. And they had instances where they were coming out with double the money in certain stores to the point where they had to put a notice up advising people that you could not swap change for anyone so these kind of things is this why you got sat? harder to enforce but these ones no not me I, I was quite just tell people they can't have change because you were in top set maths weren't you no, what math was my worst subject? Uh, oh, right. you've been gone so long i referenced hating the teacher i had for maths actually um <laughs> Before and then Jack time. name dropped him. Before my time, before my time, that that was pre pre uh, pre your second second. Yeah, actually, that years. was one. I wasn't bottom set. Actually, that was when I moved up. I was in the bottom set with Jack. Actually, yeah. Um, I thought Jack was. I thought uh, Jack. I had you down as a mathematician. I'll, I'll be honest, well, Alex. It's is, a slightly different level at their school than ours. Yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, bottom oh, set yeah. there, maybe, maybe might be <laughs> somewhat uh, competitive in our one. I'll be honest. No, I do maintain, despite grammar school and all of that. The, there was a kid who was in a math class with me and Jack. Again, one of these things that means nothing to anyone else. I, I know exactly But was the dumbest that. kid I have ever experienced. <laughs> 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 oh, That's heartwarming. So there were people that did get by just cheating on the tests. So there you <laughs> he, go. There's a life had, lesson for you. He actually Don't got in be- because his parents bribed a governor. Okay, well, there you go. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Well, I mean, T- TK, don't talk yourself down. Everybody knows grammar schools was just for boys who weren't allowed near girls. That's all. I think that so was after we're racist school, and homophobic <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. We'll yeah. just tick these things off as I, we go. I, I AJ's come back I, with I, determination I, to get cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a busy Christmas, so I need some excuses to get out of the door. Yeah, AJ's going to be our ambassador to the Qatari. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. Um, in further news, UFC star, UFC star Sean O'Malley just had stem cells injected into his piece. 
Now, which Blimey. piece are we talking about here? The the kind of piece that. where I wouldn't name it in the headline. Well, I have named worse in a headline, so that was just the headline. Normally referred to as a Johnson on this pod. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, what was that? I was I was watching one of the films for the podcast recently. It may have been the Big Lebowski where they refer to it as a Johnson. I think it was. <laughs> My favorite Austin Powers Johnson reference. I've only seen the first one. No, the first two, actually, but I couldn't quote anything back to you, so other than Groovy Baby. (laughs) Handgun found inside raw chicken in luggage at Florida Airport. Feels like the worst place to hide it. They're very big on stopping food, aren't they? Yeah, when I first read it i didn't see raw and i loved the idea of a gun <laughs> being hidden inside a chicken like you just squeeze a chicken like a dog toy and it's just a gun but unfortunately yeah they just hidden the gun inside Look, uh if it was a live chicken don't ever forget they smuggle the live chicken into ewood park so you can probably get it into an airport i'll never get over think, that yakubu chasing that chicken i think i've told the story before of um someone we know getting fired from a supermarket for trying to smuggle a a chicken and his trousers on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Getting fired by a supermarket seems to be a theme for the pod so far. All of us. No, I wasn't wasn't fired. I do want that on the record. (laughs) I thought it was hands in the till. Luke had a testimonial. (laughs) He uh, he was there that long. I had test and I thought, (laughs) where this pod's been going? I didn't know where where we were. (laughs) We might have to cut it here and now. now. Lottery winner keeps 30 million prize secret from his wife and child because he doesn't want to make them lazy. I like that. I like great that. philosophy. Keep them humble. He accepted the prize um, in a mascot suit so no one could identify him. That's brilliant. <laughs> that he technically hasn't been anonymous. His child, if his child now turns out to be a superstar, what he's going to his- say all for a reason. What was uh, what was the mascot? The, what was the some uh, but, Japanese? Does that mean he's got to carry on living like his normal life to so that they don't so he doesn't arouse? I guess suspicion? so. He says he's going to work and he's just got a penthouse somewhere. That's, yeah, that's just miserable. Otherwise, another one from South Park, the where they start selling the crack baby basketball game, and he's got <laughs> like a hot tub of KFC gravy, and he's got <laughs> all of this worked out, and then he actually just hates going home. Anyway, let's move on to happier things for some of us, less happy things for the rest of us. No. I think you got it. Happier things for most of us, less happy things for one of us. Um, (laughs) You can see the excitement coming through. Two games played, zero goals scored, three goals conceded. That's how things read after another tough week in West London for Graham Potter. He may have had a glow up off the pitch, but he's having a stinker on it. The last time Chelsea suffered three straight Premier League defeats, the manager was sacked soon afterwards. Though Chelsea sources say Potter's going nowhere. Chelsea's 1-0 loss at Newcastle on Saturday meant Potter had emulated the defeat of Jose Mourinho seven years earlier, who lost to West Ham, Stoke and Liverpool between October and November 2015. I won't say precisely what Jack was messaging me during Saturday's game, but he was actually calling for Jose at one point. He's had enough. Jack, we skirted around <laughs> it quite a bit last week. We want it on the record now. You are Potter out. Yeah, get him out. 
fast <laughs> enough. Like, Here it is. Whoa. Sick of him already. Just uh, the, the problem is you take some of the rough with the smooth of your Mourinho's, the characters that <laughs> you think, right, we're going to create this this mentality. He just looks lost. He just looks like he's got nothing about him. He just looks like the guy that we knew him to be, but just pretend. There's a reason why everyone in the league liked him and wanted him to do well. Because <laughs> no, no. there's a reason why. Because he hasn't rubbed up anyone up the wrong way. He hasn't got the mentality to be there. <laughs> he rubbed Spurs up the wrong way. He rejected Spurs. He said they weren't big enough. He was he was perfect for Spurs. Match made. <laughs> now, I want people to go back and listen to the podcast I did with Jack right on the day that he was confirmed. I think we said we were going to sit for 15 minutes. We ended up going for about an hour. And Jack's quote on there is saying he's actually quite excited for a project. I was. He said, look, I think the Arteta one was quoted. Um, Jack said, look, we've been doing this for so long. We'll do something a bit different. We'll get the youth through. But he's not lasted less than eight weeks. He's not doing that. And look, he's got some extenuating circumstances and we had 10 people out injured at the weekend so the problem that with that that what that brings is that not only can you not rotate and play as strong as 11 but those weaker that weaker 11 is playing three times a week when we played a team that were playing one time a week and they looked that different between us they'd look so much more energetic than we did the main issue that i have with it all is the chance creation like i didn't think it could get any worse under tuckle but but it has like we don't I may as well have not watched any of the last four games because I knew we weren't scoring. I knew we weren't even coming close. The closest we came was Lewis Hall versus City out of four games of these losses. Like 90 minutes versus Newcastle, 90 minutes versus Arsenal, back to back in the Premier League, and we didn't even look like scoring. There was just no point to our game at the moment. It, It looks just completely awful. And... But you take it sometimes when you're in for projects, when you have a good start, you have that new manager bounce. We've gone straight from bringing him in to being worse than we were before. To be fair, isn't the issue that you've never had to do this before, so you actually don't know what it's like? I mean, we when it, come, when it comes to projects, no, we haven't had to go through a complete rebuild, but that's because we've always had the tools there in front of the manager to be able to do it. Now, I don't, really buy into this rebuild scenario because I know it didn't he didn't spend it but it's one of his ex-players so if anything he should he's the one who got 60 million for Kukulaya <laughs> the people that were bought in in the summer he should be able to work with them now I understand that Fafana's injured Kante's injured they're our best well Kante's our best player by like a country mile and obviously we're Reese James FC as soon as he gets injured just like last season the wheels fall off but it's been a year now. We should be able to get around the fact that we shouldn't be relying on a right back for a main chance creation. And it's just not good enough. He's not reacting well enough in games. He's not reacting to what he's seen in front of him. We're getting absolutely pummeled by both Arsenal and Newcastle. And it, it didn't make a change until the 60th minute both times. To be fair, Jay, he's got Pulisic, Abamyang, Havertz, Ziyech. What you can talk about chance creation... What the hell is he supposed to do with that? You were messaging me during the City game. Pulisic missed one, I think was about three yards out and he hit it straight at the keeper. Mm. It is, does he not no. get some credit 
Do you not at least give him January and see, because they're going to spend some money for him, surely? I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, I'm being completely reactionary here and I totally know that I am. (laughs) I'm well aware of the fact that I'm being completely unreasonable. But it's just not something that we're used to. And if it was someone like, I don't know, if Poch at Spurs or... You said you didn't want him. No, I don't want him. But if that's why I said Poch at Spurs, not Poch at Chelsea. But if it was a top, if it was like Zidane or a top manager that's won things before, you don't know what good looks like under Potter. Good for Potter looks like finishing top table with Brighton. He, he's an unknown quantity. And are you asking me to pin all of my hopes and aspirations on a guy that is only just played in the Champions League? And it, it had to get off to a good start for us to be able to believe in the project. But a few losses here and there is not an issue. A few losses when we've played well is not an issue. Losses when we don't even look like having a shot on target is a completely different ball game. And with the players that he has in front of him, he should be able to engineer that somehow. Tuchel did. But Tuchel didn't get off to a fast start either. He was just fortunate that there was no fans to tell him what they were really thinking. I mean, he didn't lose in th- won a game in 13 games. So he, that's that's better than this. For sure. Um only the bottom club Wolves have accrued fewer points in the last five games than Graham Potter's side. They, they've they accrued one point, you've accrued two. Um, and you've just been knocked out of the Carabao Cup for the th- at the third round stage for the first time in 12 years. That I actually don't mind so much because no. we, we're playing enough games with an injured squad as it is. And it just gives us another one less domestic final to lose to Liverpool. So I saw a couple of Don't your worry, journalists We got today. City, so you're all right. <laughs> you, you got City right after the World Cup. It's probably the best time you could be playing them, to be fair. Yeah, um, a couple of the kind of Chelsea mouthpieces have come out today and said, look, Graham Potter can finish outside the top six this season. He's not going to be sacked. I don't know if that makes it easier for you because like, there was a point where I was coming on here and I was saying... There's no point me wasting my energy because they've made it pretty clear he's going nowhere. I don't know if for you now you can maybe try and focus on the positives or... I mean, the, the problem is there isn't any. That That's the main issue. Lewis Hall's just <laughs> given his Premier League debut. Yeah, because we've got... Kukurea is just absolutely terrible at the moment and Ben was injured. That's not a change out of him bringing through the use. It's a change out of necessity. He played well against Macclesfield yeah. last season. He's great. He's a great That's how team. a lot of the young lads come through. I mean, it's not how most of our young lads have come through recently, or obviously extenuating circumstances for them also. But bringing like Amari Hutchinson and Chukomenka and not putting them on for game time and not giving them... The main issue that we have here is his management against Dynamo Zagreb. Now, I, under, I think the viewpoint he was coming from was, I'm going to play my strongest eleven because we've just been beaten just to try and get a bit of confidence. What we ended up doing is ruling out our best left-back for the best the best part of three months, when we were just screaming at the lineup, saying, why are you playing these games? <laughs> why, in a game that means absolutely nothing, in, a, in an already congested fixture, and we already have injuries, it just stinks of stupidness. And the problem with that, then, is you make a rod for your own back. Because if anyone gets injured, it's your fault. And lo and behold, one of our most important players <laughs> has been injured again for three months and is out of the World Cup. So I think that is a cross that he needs to bear. And when you come back to the focus on the positive side of things, there aren't any positives at the moment to focus on. Well, last question then. Jose wouldn't be any better than this. 
I genuinely think we have a better chance of winning. Good gods. I would rather... Look, what I would rather do... In 2022, moment, man. Oh. If, we're, if we're playing this badly, I'd rather just sit behind the ball and play on the counter and just pray for space because we're not creating any space of our own. So the only chance that we've got to create these chances of scoring is to rely on someone else creating the space for us because they're attacking. Well, That's the only way. We obviously don't have the players to do it. You obviously, obviously can't coach a system to engineer it happening. I genuinely think I'd rather play sufferable right now. I look at Conte, right? We <laughs> lambasted him for being the most boring yeah. manager in the league. At least his team has fight. It's come back, it, albeit you can question the validity of the comebacks because they shouldn't have been down 2-0 to Bournemouth and, and Leeds, whatever, what have you. But he still came back. They've got that we dog, you give him credit. Yeah, we were down 4-1 to Brighton and there was no hope of us coming back. We didn't even think we were, even when we got a goal back. And that's bad. Brighton and Leeds and, are, are fairly different propositions in fairness. I, I get it, but it's, at the same time, I said to you last week that it's not so much about the the, the actual results, it's the way the results are happening. It's the, the chances that we aren't creating is the issue. Well, you've, it's a bit, we're not a team blessed with creative maestros anyway. You've got the winter break now, so we'll see what's going to happen. Chelsea are going big for Endrick. Going to spend sixty million on a sixteen-year-old. So um, good to see Chelsea are learning their lessons. Um, oh, I remember bringing in Ronaldo as well after this interview. That really helped. <laughs> well, we're going to get on to that. But first of all, the top of the table: Arsenal still top of the pile. Man City dropped points to Brentford on Saturday afternoon. I was happy and then somewhat worried because I know what we've been like. Typically, it, we need them to keep winning to keep kind of spurring us on. Made hard work of Wolves, but got there eventually. Gabriel Jesus, very influential, but still struggled to put the ball in the back of the net. Martin Odegaard has now made his way into being our top goal scorer so far this season. TK, you're a man that's been there and seen it unfold the last few years. Uh, you've got the wrinkles to show for it. You've had some tough times. The drinking habit that's come along with these uh, title runs with Man City. <laughs> what do you see and not see from this Arsenal side as they do their best to go toe-to-toe with Man City. I say do their best, five points clear, but we're staying humble. Yeah, what a, what a striking show of humility you've just given there. Um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, at this point, I don't think you see any weaknesses with this Arsenal team at this point um, because they've shown just different types of wins. They've been able to grind them out. They've been not at their best and got wins. They've been, they've sort of blown teams away on other parts. They've beaten big teams, which was kind of the thing that was held against them for some reason. Um, the only sort of blot on the record is the Man United game, really. And even that, it probably should have got a result in. So I it's, think the uh, Southampton game was actually worse, uh, performance-wise. Yeah, yeah, sorry. There is, there is that one as well. But in terms of, I think that was a game where you just didn't turn up and you drew, right? Yeah, 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 and like, good first half. It's and then. not like those games aren't going to happen, but the United one was more striking because I thought the way you were playing and in, going into it, the way they were playing, should have been a, a natural conclusion there. And it was kind of like they played the occasion rather than the actual team yeah. in front of them. And that's the only time I've been able to say that about, about Arsenal this year. The rest of the time, it's been smooth sailing. Um, everybody is assuming you'll get injuries or you'll just mentally crumble. I don't think you're going to mentally crumble. I think we've seen enough from this team. For me, a lot of people are unconvinced on that. I think I've seen enough yeah. 
to indicate that they won't. I can't guarantee you're not going to get injured. So that is probably looking no. at the players you've got is guaranteed at some point. The World Cup thing's strange because we have less players that will be starting at the World Cup. But apparently, any, you're going to be devastated the the big six. Yeah. Um, Party's the one, obviously. He was very good again against Wolves. And every time he seems to set foot with the Ghana national team, I mean, he got injured in the two warm-ups consecutively and then was sent back in the last international break. What are they doing in those warm-ups? Um, and then the others, Saliba didn't have a great game on Saturday. It, it does transpire, by the way, that half the team had the shits. Um, Pep tried to lasagna-gate us <laughs> and even that didn't work. So Tierney didn't come on. One of the journalists there said, he saw more of the, the cubicle wall than he did the game, Tierney, if you wonder why Cedric came on ahead of him. Lovely. Saliba was one of the ones that suffered. Xhaka, as we saw, Xhaka had the face of a man that the physio asked him, have you checked to see whether it was a farce or not? And he said, I'm not risking it. Get me out of it. <laughs> Holding his stomach. The I rest saw, of them. I saw Xhaka going off. I've seen that face before. That's Luke Post-Perry. <laughs> We're going to talk about Perry in a bit, actually. Separate <laughs> podcast. Um, and Zinchenko was uncharacteristically uh, not lax on the ball, but some questionable decision-making. And if he was trying to clench while running, then maybe that does explain it as well. <laughs> Do we go big in January? 2003-2004 is the reference I keep seeing on my timeline. Arsenal were looking to put their foot down. They bring forward the signing of Jose Antonio Reyes to January. And they complete the rest of the season unbeaten, if you're unaware. We're being linked with a central midfielder and a winger. The links to Mudrick feel a little too obvious for me. I don't know if you know Zinchenko's wife is a TV presenter on Ukrainian national TV. That's how he met her, I believe. And she was interviewing... Mudrick today and she's asking you know hopefully I'll see you soon in different circumstances come on you gunners and stuff like this oh boy and he's saying you know as if this is a glowing compliment by the way you know I just want it on the record I'd rather be a starter for Arsenal than on the bench at Real Madrid what are we (laughs) supposed to take from that (laughs) but remember the Bruno Guimaraes one felt a bit too obvious well the Zahar one felt a bit too obvious and Douglas Louise and Tielemans so you never do know. I think we're going to do something. Edu has to justify his job in some way. And we'll see. But for a little time, because we've been playing so many midweek games, not just Europa League, I was under the illusion that effectively the games we were missing for the World Cup month, we were playing all of those beforehand. And that's why we were having so many of these midweek games. When I did see yeah, nope. just how many are still left to go, well, 24, blimey. Yeah, I think um, people think we're halfway through the season, but no, we're just over a third. Something I would say is for the Gary Nevilles out there, and so I don't know if any of you are aligned with that thinking, Gary Neville still says it's questionable that we'll get top four. <laughs> we, That's we great need, stuff. We need to win eight more games and we'll hit with the draws you'd imagine in there. We'll hit that 70-point marker, which that's going to be enough for top four this season. That's not the minimum I want, but I'm just 
it's a lot closer than we think to kind of tick that box. And then uh, we start going, okay, we'll go for second because we're staying humble. And uh, we'll move on from there. Leicester were still saying, we're just trying to stay up at the point where they were top of the league by about five points. I do remember they were questioning, it was like March. And they're like, do you think Leicester will get top four? I think they'll get top four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they probably will. So, I mean, similar budgets, um, little old Arsenal. Um, we'll see what we can do. Outrageous. Uh, there we go. Um, Spurs weren't on TV. Um, so, Ronaldo has unfortunately stolen their segment. I don't know if Alex had any big things to say. We've said they got some dog in them, so nothing more really to say than that. No, we looked we looked better with Kulikaski being back. Yeah, we nearly had a moment. You're a... Back in some kind of form today, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing out all the all the all the, the bank. <laughs> um, no, being back was brilliant. He looked he looked the part um, back in the squad. Um, obviously, conceding a lot at the moment. Emerson Royale is as as popular as ever, um, and I will go on record as saying the the. Um, challenge on the keeper um I, th- I think it was um is it ben davis that went into the keeper there's three to... of them actually but none yeah, of them were deemed to have fouled yeah, him it was richard <laughs> richardson richardson was the one who kind of generated the push into it so it was his foul but well, I will, outside the players I will, I will admit i will admit he is it, that was a foul but there was uh, equal there was an equal foul at the Ooh. other end when they got their goal which well, we don't acknowledge that either, so um, we don't. Yeah, we, you're right. We don't, we don't acknowledge it. We don't. We don't. But so, just it, as, all in all, it, I've got nothing more positive to say about our performance in terms of we've got three points. We shouldn't be conceding that many goals. It is what yeah. it is. And um, we're not quite in December yet, but Christmas miracles and all that. Um, Romero is suddenly fit again. I can't believe it. Um, he's been out for the last month, but Argentina national team training comes around. <laughs> the guy is fit as a fiddle. Um, same for Anthony, actually, who's suddenly fit for Brazil. But you don't get that Arsenal. Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, leaving it all out there. Oh, I did think uh, Saka know, was hiding a bit on Saturday. Sometimes it's just their home home country's air, you know, helps with the recovery. It's, there you uh, go. Or, yeah. So, Cristiano Ronaldo has said he feels betrayed by Manchester United. In an interview with Piers Morgan published in the Sun newspaper, the 37-year-old forward said he feels he's being forced out of Man United, not only by the coach, but also by two or three people around the club. He said he feels betrayed. He wants everyone to know he has no respect for Eric Ten Hag. And he's not happy to be there. We can uh, put it quite simply. Piers Morgan, a man who's written all sorts about him that he'd like you to forget about from 2008 onwards before he started giving him some attention, was all too pleased to get this exclusive. We believe it was recorded just after the Spurs game and he's asked them to sit on it until the World Cup break, which is why it conveniently dropped yes. immediately after the game. So our first question, is anyone surprised? Nope. No. <laughs> I I tweeted last night Jack did give me a like but did do it during the podcast so I'm not really sure how to feel <laughs> the, the bloke's claiming that he's trying to be forced out <laughs> they were happy to let him go <laughs> nobody wants the bloke he's shit he's 37 he's on half a million a week 
And on top of that, he's a massive twat. <laughs> I don't know what, why the hell. Well, I do know. He's obviously all the people around him tell him he's the best thing since sliced bread. There was a big thing with United fans that there's some that were going to defend him. He unfollowed Garnacho on social media <laughs> last night, believed to be because he did the messy celebration. Um, would Ronaldo be that petty? I'll leave uh, up to all of you to think about. Where do we go from here? Like <laughs> this guy was wearing the captain's armband a week ago. <laughs> they didn't need him, so why not just terminate his contract? He's just a big black hole of money at the moment. I suppose. I, I suppose it's whether you want to stand off and prove a point now, like as big as you think you are, they're going to keep you here under contract, no matter how much you kick and scream now because you've been a twat. So. Well, I, I think, think that's the only thing that can be gained from it in Man United's sense. Just you've got to, they've got to, they've got to, they can't give, they can't fall into a trap of where no matter how big a player he is, they can't fall into a trap of making it look like he's won anything, like won a battle here. He needs to be kept in his place. But the big thing with us when we were terminating contracts, and boy, did we terminate some contracts. <laughs> <laughs> You do have to pay those contracts off. You may not pay the full amount, but Arsenal paid anywhere between 5 and 15 million just to get rid of Aubameyang during his contract. And then you add Williams onto that and you add all of the others that have gone off in that time. Yeah, 500 but- grand a week, he's still got another year left on this deal. That's a lot of money to pay off in bulk. Yes. Yeah, it is, it is. It is. I suppose it's what happens moving forward and how much of a stinky kicks. I mean, I don't know what clauses and various well, rules are in his contract. I mean, there's already talk of a million pound fine, which is, what, two weeks pay? Yeah. Two weeks pay anyway, so it's hardly anything. But All we've seen is a few clips. There's still a 90-minute interview to come out. <laughs> what else <laughs> can he be saying? Um, well, we know from... Here's Morgan, gleefully today. He's taken some shots at Gary Neville. Um, he's taken some shots at Rooney, which, I mean, I don't think if you asked Rooney yesterday when there was no animosity, who's a better looking bloke, you or Cristiano? <laughs> I don't think Rooney's under any illusions there. He's just so, over in the States enjoying his life. What's he done? Well, he, he said that he was wrong for not, for walking down the tunnel and refusing to come on as a substitute against Tottenham. Well, that outrageous thing to say. Yeah, and so the same thing Gary Neville said, I'm sure. Roy Keane, I mean, Rio was on his podcast today still defending him, saying you have to question the communication there with the manager and what's driven him to this point. Yeah, cucks. We've got all the cucks. I think, I think TK made our thoughts as a podcast known on Rio Ferdinand uh, about a fortnight ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's... He he wants to get out, obviously. I'm sure he wants the payout. United don't want to pay him off. And he's trying to find some kind of way to just have the ties severed immediately. He's trying to have his cake and eat it, though, isn't it? If you, if you desperately want it out, we said the same in the summer, and you rip up your contract. You've got you've got money. If it's not about money, if there's this whole, oh, he's a winner, rip it up then and lower your wage demands and then a club would take a punt on you. As it is, no club is going to pay that money to you because you're not worth it. And so you just end up in this vicious cycle where the only clubs that would, probably like a Middle Eastern club, and you consider yourself too good to be doing something yeah, like that. Yeah, you already turned them down. So there's quite a clear way in which you can resolve this, but you're not going to do that. You're just going to act like a sport brat instead. 
Well, we went but, through uh, it a couple of weeks back, didn't we, with the list of teams that rejected him. It was Sporting, Bayern, Dortmund, all these teams. Uh, Chelsea, I don't think Potter's going to let that happen. Um, but Chelsea were the only team that we even know to be interested. If they do that, it would be spectacular. What's an Arsenal fans yeah. today going, Ronaldo for six months, who says no? Arsenal. The majority of us that have any yeah. sense. I mean, I don't know what yeah, what what you've seen at Arsenal in the last couple of years that says this is in line with that way of thinking. Outrageous. I, if 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 he was a normal bloke, everyone would say, Look, "Just ignore him. Just ignore him, and he'll go away." Unfortunately, we that's not going to happen. If you just search his name, there's still enough people out there that are willing to defend him. But it is crazy. Yeah, and I can see it happening. I can, I can just see <laughs> Bowley's fingerprints. <laughs> he definitely would want it to happen for sure. I just if he, if if Graham Potter can't manage like Jorginho or Cucurella, fuck knows what he's gonna do with Ronaldo. Why is it that he's not? <laughs> he can't manage those two. <laughs> like, 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 like personality-wise, that's what I mean. Yeah, I know, but what, what, I'm not sure <laughs> that's the really issue with Jorginho yeah. and Cucurella. Yeah, they're just wet little lettuces, a lot of them. And then you get Ronaldo in, he's just going to... It'd be awful if we do it. Aubameyang and, and Cristiano up top with Mason <laughs> Money Mountain behind would be I'm incredible. Here, I've, I've, been he- I've been hearing rumours today of Lukaku returning and... Just the thought of Lukaku in Ronaldo up front is just <laughs> honestly. At least with the Lukaku interview, it was funny. Like <laughs> the guy isn't Ronaldo. Was it? For <laughs> yeah, the rest we, of us, maybe. If if we go back, there was enough in that that we brought that into our Christmas special to talk about <laughs> that Lukaku <laughs> interview. <laughs> we literally had a segment and said, "No, okay, we'll get on to the Christmas stuff." Now we've grilled Jack on Lukaku yeah. tearing him apart Lukaku because of who Lukaku is made it funny for at least 90% of us the Ronaldo one everyone there seems to be the, the, the flip reverse of 90% of people what the fuck are you talking about he's probably the most extraordinary example of what happens when nobody can tell you about yourself because like clearly nobody can tell him yeah, you're not this guy that you think you are and you haven't been for five years or so. He still thinks he's the best player in the world. Him and McGregor. And yeah, there's just, like, what can you do? He's obviously surrounded by yes men. Even Piers, as the interviewer, is a yes man. And there's just, I don't know. Even And people will say, like, well, that's the mentality he needs to be where he is. But I don't know, like someone like, I don't know, Tom Brady. It's like, he knows. I'm sure he absolutely does think he's still the best player now. He knows his limitations at this point because of his age. Yeah. But Ronaldo would have no acceptance of that. Like Brady, was it yesterday or the day before? They threw him the ball, didn't they? And he tried to run and he slipped. And he tweeted saying, oh, if I hadn't slipped, I was going to do a Randy Moss there. And he's got like laughing at himself. Ronaldo would just be totally unable to do that. He'd blame the person. Yeah, he'd go mad, wouldn't he? And it's, yeah, he's, I mean, totally, it's a good job he's, so good at football because he's clearly like a total psychopath so if he focused his energies on something else he'd be a dangerous man yeah the 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 stuff that he's saying about the facilities that some United fans are like see this is he's not saying that for the betterment of Manchester United no exactly he's saying that in a self-centred way of yeah 
look where I am and look, I've come back and these things still haven't changed. And he knows that I've garnered sympathy because he knows those are the criticisms the fans have got of the club. Well, supposedly the chef shouldn't be catching strays though. You don't, don't be coming for the chef. Supposedly he says something about the Glazers in this interview, which is going to get a portion of the fans going. And even he's calling out the owners. But why is Rangnick catching strays with you saying, I didn't even know he was? Like, what does that have to do with anything? He's acknowledged the fact that he was going to go back to Man City and then he said, the boss or Alex said, you can't do that. And so I said, okay. Which, by the way, seems an extraordinary thing to have to have pointed out to you. <laughs> I, I didn't know this was a bad idea of going to the neighbours of this club I supposedly love until my ex-boss told me. Yeah, that... Because City would have just paid him off. But then from what we gathered when we looked before, Pep was the actual one at Man City that was pretty resistant to... I mean, Pep I bet he had was. some resistance to Haaland. So having resistance to Ronaldo seems perfectly reasonable. Looking back now, I do think Ronaldo could have sabotaged City. So that's quite bitter. I'm bitter about that because he could have not sabotaged, but just ruined them enough that they wouldn't have got the points they got. We he also we could have rolled the league, past, and United could have been United fans could have been crying because he's gone to City. They get past Real Madrid in that Champions League semi final, and then they probably do you in the final. I don't believe either of those things happen, but that is the uh, that is the narrative being peddled. I, I mean, I don't as we did with the as we did with the wives, we're essentially continuing the season as it was, but only yeah. this game is the one impact. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. How these things work exactly. But yeah, yeah, he would, he would have finished those chances they got that he never would have got because he runs around like your average man now. I. I prefer the idea that City's entire plan the whole time was to pump fake United into doing it. And so whether that's the truth or not, that's the it is story that I choose yeah. to get behind. It's tilted. Um, just to close out today then, let's get on to Southgate's squad. Now, the goalkeepers were as expected. I've just picked out some names that we may find contentious. Trent did make his way into the squad. There yes, was on, son. some issues people had with the right backs that were selected. We don't know whether White was taken as a right back or a centre back yet, but Reese James was on quite the liking spree on Twitter this weekend. Clearly has some time on his hands. He liked a Chelsea post that were quoting Paul Merson, bad place to start. <laughs> Paul Merson said he can't understand why Reese James hasn't gone if Harry Kane was half fit, Southgate would have taken him. What's the difference between Reese James, Harry Kane, or Calvin Phillips? Now, who wants to tell him? <laughs> <laughs> because well, is my, the difference my, my not the communication hasn't been very good so far? So let's let's not rely on me. Well, the difference between him is we have Carl Walker. Well, yeah. we we don't have another Harry Kane. And, and we don't, and we don't really have another Kelvin Phillips. Such. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're the main issues. And we don't actually know how fit Reese James is. From what we gather from Calvin Phillips, that he could have played minutes in the last appearance for City against Chelsea in the League Cup, but wasn't fit enough for Pep to give him minutes, but it'll be okay for Southgate. No, he did come on for did he? that game uh, mm-hmm. clearly see my attention levels. Um <laughs> So he was at least fit enough to get some minutes then. Reese James, not there yet. He's posted some yeah. pictures. I mean, he's been writing in lipstick on his mirror, counting down that he's going to be fit for the World Cup. 
if he wasn't fit, we've got enough right backs that he wasn't going to go. Jack, I can ask you whether Trent was the right one to take in his place. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think if you're playing a top team, you play Walker. And I think if you're playing a team you need to break down, you play Trent in that position. This is... It's, it's, cra- it's crazy because... Trent's not as bad as everyone makes out he is. He's just having a stinker mm. of a season <laughs> yeah. this season. Which is kind of what we're picking. The, well, maybe we're not picking. That's what we're picking the team on. Okay. The form currently would usually have some importance. A hundred percent. But he wouldn't be in without I, if Reece James was injured. I think it's pretty clear he wouldn't have been in, isn't it? So but his hand has been yeah. somewhat forced. It's not like Gareth's gone. Yeah. Trent, I want you. It's just it's a twenty-six man squad, no, it, and we haven't got much else going on. It's it's a nice problem to have, mm. I suppose, in that in that sense. Like I was watching the Liverpool game the weekend, and Trent's putting some great balls in the box there. And I think if you got Kane instead of Salah, you're getting on the end of those. So he's a good option to have for sure. I'm not too upset. I with think it. we can see from that game why Joe Gomez isn't going to the World Cup. Well, because there was the Allison compilation doing the rounds and he did yeah, make some great yeah. saves, but everyone's like, yeah, Gomez is to blame for every single one of these. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been a movement started for that, by the way, that he's having a stinker, Fabinho's having a stinker, that you drop Fab back into centre-back and try and do something with the midfield. I'm surprised that hasn't a movement hasn't started for that just because they're both so disastrous at the minute. But people also hate Henderson, which is yeah, an issue true. in that situation. Yeah. I'm just moving the hate around, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Connor Cody, Eric Dyer and Harry Maguire are all in the team. All of them were debated for some reason or another. The Harry Maguire one, I think two out of three of us had them in the team last week. Jack didn't. Hmm. Connor Cody, I believe I was the only one to have him in my squad. And Eric Dyer for me, is the most offensive pick in the entire squad. Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on here. I saw, for my sins, I was scrolling Facebook and it was like, Jack Wilshire has Mikhail Saka, Aaron Ramsdale and Ben White in his starting 11 for England. And I thought, okay, I can see why you've generated a clip out of this. Well, strangely, I don't disagree with the selection. Hmm. I started, I pressed play on the clip and they put Jack Welsh's team in the background behind him. I saw Henderson and Eric Dyer and I thought, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Eric Dyer in the last four days, five days, has conceded five goals to Nottingham Forest and Leeds. Did he play in the Bournemouth game? They played a full-strength team in that one, which is the most incredible thing about them going out. Is he better than Joe Gomez? I mean, we just slagged him. Is he better than Gomez? I think... Man, this feels mental to He's say. He's seen as like a safer option. I'm not in entirely sure how. In a back three, I probably consider him a slightly safer option than Joe Gomez in, in that I think he may know his limitations better than Gomez does. Okay. I think 
I think you can tell him, standing there, don't move more than probably three yards in front of you, three yards to the left, three yards to the right, and just hoof it away. Which I think may be what we're asking him to do. Even <laughs> Which is great when we've got Maguire the other side of him. <laughs> I, I think he's a more contentious pick than Cody. I don't think that's a common pick. I can't believe that Harry Maguire actually gets roped in with some of these names. I'm, I'm with you there, actually. Yeah, I think, strangely, it's by his own fan base. As far as the United fans are leading the charge. So maybe we should listen. But yeah, he's better than some of these players we're talking about. We do not have a, a wealth of options there. I think he had to go because of our lack of options. Dyer being in the squad is just so egregious. Well, it's, it's, there is something to be said about the balance that he's going to have to find because even as an Arsenal fan... I'm cringing at Ben White Johnstone centre back partnerships when I see them in a starting eleven. I just don't think that would work. You yeah, do it's probably it? need yeah. someone like Maguire or Cody in there with them. Diary is just the one where it scares the hell out of me, and I'm also licking my lips. And you dare make a mistake? And you I'm want him you. to, don't you? You want him to fuck up. I don't want him to, but if someone's going to, I hope it's him. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it says a lot about the man that Phillips could be on one leg, and I'm considering him still <laughs> the most questionable pick. Well, I remember after the loss in the final of the Euros, people were messaging me like I'd put Saka forward for the penalty. Your boy, that's why he was. And TK and Alex are both with me. When I saw him stepping up, I was not a confident man. <laughs> Mainly from a please don't be the one that misses this. Yeah, because you knew <laughs> you were going to somehow end up with some level of responsibility for this. I'm feeling the same. If Trent does come on and have a mare, I feel like somehow blood is on my hands. I'm not sure how. <laughs> well, we've, we've, we've just seen Rashford and Sancho miss. If we're going down, I don't want to have to pick away. We go down, but maybe. <laughs> If we can just get like one of the other boys to come up and miss this, yeah, didn't feel good. And uh, Jack Grealish would have been your choice. I have no issue with Grealish other than the fact that I think he's been garbage for about a year and a half, but also hasn't been on the pitch for a single minute of any of City's defeats this season. So maybe that tells you something. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those stats that really tells us nothing, but people have been peddling it. I think it tells us something I mean, in that when they play, we would traditionally see City stretch the pitch as much as possible and get at you. And they now seem to have one plan. And that was all I saw against Brentford when they were trying to break them down. And it was people that aren't wide men going wide, but he has to trust Foden at some stage. Hmm. Other names that I thought held some controversy. Jack, Conor Gallagher. I don't know how you felt when you saw his name pop up because I don't even think you were beating the drum for him last week. No, no, he wasn't even in my squad. Um, Trevor Chalabar was. I think... Yeah, Trev. I mean, we've just lambasted Dyer and Cody. He gets in over both of them in my team. I mean, how can you go on about Dyer that badly? and then not even no, consider If given a choice, I probably would roll with it, but yeah, only because I hate Dyer. Talk about Gallagher, because... But yeah, Gallagher, I think I think what Gareth said, he is right in a way, where... But 
he wants to play him in a, a role that Tuckle played him in when he first came into the team as a six in a holding two, and it didn't work. Like, Gallagher's now playing for us as a winger, weirdly, or an inside forward. So, but, I mean, it doesn't work there either. He's not, I'm not saying he's not good. I think he's brilliant talent. I just think the system that England are going to play, I think is a very strange choice to bring him in where we're struggling struggling to find a place for him in our system and we play the same. Why are we taking him in that team when, if, for example, if you're running with a midfield, we're going to probably say, it's going to be one, or if not both, of Bellingham and Rice. Um, we're, we're basically bringing him as legs, aren't we? Yeah, that's that's what I think. And then I think Ruben Loftus Cheek has had a better season at midfield than Conor Gallagher has so far. So I would have taken him. If we're already bringing Conor several Crocs players, I don't think adding Loftus Cheek to that mix <laughs> is uh, the way forward. <laughs> no, that's true. But you're right. I think don't even want Gallagher. I think he's, like I said, he's a brilliant talent. I think right now. It's odd to bring him into a tournament where we need ready-made stars in those positions when he's still learning how to play in the system. Well, Gareth came out when asked about Calvin Phillips and said, look, the reality is he's not going to be able to play all seven games for 90 minutes. Good place to be going into the tournament. Yeah, fantastic. Are we expecting him to be put on ice until the latter rounds? Is it a case where you get through your first two games and hope that you can play him in the third and get some minutes in the tank? Are any of you slightly gutted that Wales is the third game? What, in that it might um, mean nothing? Yeah. Yeah, but it might be. It might mean, yeah. it might mean a lot. Just the, that's, that second game sweet spot would have been nice. Um, yeah. Happened with yeah. Scotland, didn't it? We played them in the last game and it meant nothing and it was a nil. I've wiped that game Scotland from my memory. wasn't actually the last game, was it? I thought that was the second game, wasn't it? But yeah, it was. It was the second game. Fucking yeah. awful. Yeah. It just felt like, <laughs> like the last game like... I was ever going to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, elsewhere, Jack Grealish did get in. Nothing surprising there. James Madison made it in. I think we'd all written his obituaries by the end of Monday's episode. And mm. as the team started being leaked, which I cursed happening, but then felt like I didn't want to be the last one. To... Actually, I wanted to be the first one to know, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they were leaking each time, slightly competitive with Connor. There seemed to be a space opening up for him, and then I think the la- one of the last names we saw confirmed, James Madison's in, and then he nearly gets injured at the weekend. Yeah, I know it's been said, but I'm looking forward to moaning about the fact that he isn't playing. No, now that we're not, we can't moan. He's not in the squad. He's going to get about ten minutes of cumulative, isn't it? It does strike me as one of those kind of squad spots. Of us moaning about, he's yeah, he's taking the greenest role, isn't he? Do you think he's yeah. bringing him as a left winger or a central midfielder? If if Southgate had to put it on his piece of paper, but well, I think he's bringing him as a forward. It was on the yes, where so yeah, you think if he's subbed on, we're more likely to see him come on for Grealish or Sterling than we are for Bellingham. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Gareth's trusting him in there for a second. Well, it makes sense. I, I still say that Spurs should have signed him for the exact same thing in the summer. Thankfully, they didn't. And Callum Wilson also is brought along. We kind of had the feeling that he would be. Ivan Tony scores two against City at the weekend. Fingers in the ears celebration. Reese James actually tried jumping on that post as well. Saying this guy, like this guy. They don't know. Yeah. And... 
Tony didn't acknowledge him, which probably stung. But I didn't think Tony's performance necessarily said that Callum Wilson shouldn't be in there. If anything, I thought maybe one less. Well, I actually added Tony in, didn't I, the Grealish, but I could have taken away one of the midfielders. Any, No one had any issues with Wilson going is what I'm getting at. No. And I think that Kane's going to play every minute and you need to bring on a striker that's a bit different. And I think Tony and Kane, because they're both big strikers, Cam Wilson gives a bit more mobility potentially as a striker. Um, but again, I, it was this weekend was always going to be the weekend of, right, someone who's been snubbed is going to overperform and it'd be shown up. And Tony just took the opportunity. I think it's, it's a tough one. So it if it's a straight one. choice between the two, I would have gone with Tony. But in my book, it wasn't a straight choice between the two. I had them both in my squad. So I've just um, seen the squad numbers have come out. How's Henderson got the eight shirt? Out of respect. Ooh. Gallagher's 26. Um, Saka 17. Feels disrespectful. But um, there we go. Eric Dyer got 15, Alex. I'm sure you were desperate to know. <laughs> yeah desperate <laughs> before we finish out here how far can we go Jack uh, I mean I've seen our route to the final and if if we win if we top the group we probably play France if we finish second we probably play Jesus <laughs> yeah. yeah this is news to me Ross so give me France yeah so um yeah, Mbappe on I mean, dire. I looked at I looked at France's announcement squad sheet, and I was like, "What the fuck is that? That those forwards, the forwards makes a grim." Yeah, I think Benzema's got a knock. Um, I mean, even still, Giroud probably makes that record now. Someone's um, rustling a lot here as well. I, th- I think. I think. It's I Jack. think. Yeah, sorry, I may have moved. Then apologies. I think. Um, we probably get to the quarters this time around. So you think we I get think, past France think, or Argentina? No, that, oh, I thought you said that if we won the group, they were the next game. No, no, they're, they're okay. I can, quarters, I can. So like, I think you're going to have to accept you're going to be playing someone good at that stage. I mean, we haven't for the last two seasons. No, so. but the luck runs out at some yeah, stage. So who who would it be in the last sixteen? Do we know? Um, I think it's Senegal. Or Holland, depending on where we finish. Holland, the revenge for that dodgy uh, VAR line, Jack, for Lingard. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's take them back. Alex, down. are you here to say we're winning it all? All the way, baby. All the way. Does Kane get another golden boot? Um, no, I don't think he does. I think we have a bit more of a spread of goals. Um I think uh, that, is, that might be the boldest take we've heard all day. I think Saka's probably going to nick quite a few. Um, so don't talk dirty to him. That felt like a jinx, which is weird. He's doing that to England. That is odd, isn't it? That is the height of pettiness. No, not at all. I just think you know he's a he's coming in. I think he can do it. Southgate won't play him though. Yeah, he'll yeah, start phoning. I'm almost certain of it. Hey, um, my reverse jinxing days are behind me, boys. I'm he sure really is a change man. Yeah, it's because he hasn't had many Spurs wins to mention. <laughs> <I haven't laughs> He's been really quiet. He started to I question how, how well it works. 
So yeah. Yeah, Arsenal even drop a place, I'm sure it'll be uh, getting chopsy again. No, not at all. Not at all. I I think... <laughs> Nah, we'll save it. We'll save yeah. it until later in the season. <laughs> I I have no faith whatsoever, to be honest. Um, Southgate drained me of all confidence with that squad selection. Squad selection? I saw Eric Dyer's name <laughs> and I had to go for a walk. <laughs> TK. TK. Who the hell's phone is on? There's been a, very, a real lack of discipline today. I hope that's someone's phone. It's not me. <laughs> Ashley Cole on the podcast. <laughs> I, TK, you must know by now Luke's formula here. Every single tournament that we've been in for the last two, well, the last two tournaments, Luke has lambasted the uh, the squad. The big time. The beauty and is, he was. I've been proven right. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of the principle going into all of this, though, isn't it? Is that just slag it, and if he wins, you can enjoy it, and if he doesn't, you can just go, "Oh, see, I told you." Is that not what he's basically up against? No, because if he wins, I might say it could have been by a wider margin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could have done it a bit better. Ultimately, and I was quite transparent last week, Southgate's view, uh, the the way I view him come the end of the tournament, probably depends on Ben White's game time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think it's just Even if we win this test of ball knowledge. <laughs> We disregard we disregard that we'd win like we'd be in the final and we disregard that we'd won the final by a comfortable margin. Ben White don't get more than five minutes for some reason. He's going to be <laughs> if if I see Eric Dyer starting games and Ben White not, that to me tells me there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think if that happens and we lose, I might throw myself in the seven. Just hope uh, Trent's not playing. <laughs> If Trent and Eric Dyer start, I'm not watching, I'm not watching the game. <laughs> well, you know, we said... Um, My heart won't take it. Trent's looking to the left of him and he's got Joe Gomez there. He might be looking to see Eric Dyer. I go, fuck me, I didn't know how good I had it. <laughs> I can just watch the game and let you know how it goes. Maybe that's what Trent go. needed. He needed to have to cover for someone like Dyer to bring the best out of him. Well, we'll close this here. You haven't asked me where I think we, we go. Oh, I thought you said you were chucking yourself in the seven regardless. Yeah, fair enough. How do you think we're doing? And <laughs> I reckon we'll do something stupid like overcome France in the quarters, but then lose in the semis. So I think it's going to be someone like Uruguay or Portugal. And I could see us just throwing it away. And we'll think we sort of climbed the mountain by beating a good team. And then we'll fuck it. And, we got, um, Luke, did you say? Did you say? I don't recall you actually given a place where we'd finish. You just uh, said, out of the group. I, I think. I think last sixteen. I can see from what you've said here with the teams that we're going to get. I, I never really bother looking at them. I can see people celebrating that we've got Senegal, yeah. and yeah. it aging really poorly. They've got to realise they're getting a witch doctor to get money for it. So what will they do yeah. to beat us? Well, Jack's yeah. going to be on here saying, well, you got to admit, Luke said Koulibaly was a flop. <laughs> I, just, I just want to check that we've got all bases covered on the reverse jinx. So I've I've gone for a double down of saying we're going to win it all. T- TK said... Semis. Semis. Jack, Jack said quarters, quarters. You said last 16. Luke's so apart well, from the group, we need to say group. This time next week, England will have played their first game. So oh. we'll see how that goes. But... Time for us to bounce and uh, me and TK have got the UFC to get into. On to the UFC then. So UFC 281. 
looking back, I think we may have undersold it last week. One of the best cards I think I've ever seen. Nice. Doesn't take the top spot, but it would be on the outskirts of that conversation. Mm. I mean, you can just, if you were selecting a random card on Wikipedia to go back and see that you'd not seen before, this one would stand out. I think three of about 15 fights went to a decision. One of those was a split and at least one of one of the other two was close. I think first fight of the night, you had a massive knockdown, a massive uh, knockout. I think the third fight of the night was when we had a double knockdown. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this um, you know, on the fight pass prelims. Unbelievable. And there was just something in the air, something that happens when they go to MSG. Start of the prelims, Meatball Molly gets cooked. <laughs> uh, someone said she was in the crucifix position longer than Christ himself. <laughs> That's excellent work. Bl- Blanchfield tagged her early. Now, some, because I'll ask you about the matchmaking in just a second. Blanchfield is from New York. Right. She was booed when she walked out. Bloody hell. Molly, they're all chanting meatball Molly, giving her this incredible reception. I think Molly throws about five strikes in the midst of being taken down. She's tagged early by Blanchfield that gets her on the back foot. Straight into side control and she locks in the crucifix position and it's the most effective use of it I've seen in some time in that Mm. She managed to pin both arms completely perfectly. Anytime she even slightly wriggled one arm free, she pinned her back, adjusted, and she landed 93 strikes to the head in 3.5 minutes. Bloody hell. Molly was helpless. Eventually, she locks in the Kimura and threatened to snap it, but eventually she did tap. One of those where Rogan's like screaming, please tap, please tap. <laughs> Strange that they built her up only to feed her to the best prospects in the division, or is the case that she's always going to sell in England regardless? So this actually made perfect sense. Maybe, but I did. I did think they'd be a little bit more careful with her than this, because um, as far as whether you like her or not, as far as like females in in MMA, she's one of the bigger names. Um, so- yeah, she lost two of maybe her first three yeah and there was that there was a horrible bt sport advert for a while it's like you have no idea how much this means (laughs) and she's on the brink of being cut she gets a big win she wins a third round to take a decision and then things just kind of explode you get this ufc london card she lands a spinning back elbow which was very nice to be Mm. fair and then she does it again. But I remember saying at the time, they were very favourable matchups. Mainly, she had a certain fan base because she's Scouse, and that was, mm. <laughs> that was a large part of it. And then the other part because she was English. So everything was going her way. You couldn't move without hearing her. She was doing the DAZN shows, wasn't she? Um, she was being interviewed on them Yeah, yeah, she was everywhere. Woods. And then Blanchfield, she won a fight about a year ago. And suddenly everyone said, whoa, that's actually, she looks quite scary. And I don't want to 
pat myself on the back too much, did call her my uh, one to watch on the Protect Your Neck 2021 podcast. There you so, go. Yeah. She got the winner over Miranda Maverick. That was it. And then she comes out here and she was like a woman possessed. Like she didn't look in any way like anything happened that she didn't expect. It was just easy. The levels, it was scary really, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, she was just so efficient at everything as well. And so they'll get Molly back on whenever the Leon Edwards fight is. And she'll get the same reception. So that's why I question that maybe <laughs> she was going to lose at some point, have her lose to one of the people you're trying to build up and see how you go from there. It's on um, Aaron Blanchfield to maximise it. Yeah, yeah, fair. I just thought not exactly the same, but similar with the Paddy situation where you think they'll probably be careful with him for a bit and eventually they'll go, right, try and take on one of these guys, you'll lose. But until then, you can create the illusion at least that he's going to be knocking on the door. Yeah. Um, Ryan Spann then takes out Dominic Reyes with another highlight reel finish inside 90 seconds. He's now been viciously KO'd three fights in a row yes. since most felt he beat John Jones. Yeah, that's that's tough, isn't it? That's a real sliding doors. If that decision goes his way, who knows what happens with him instead? What does he do from here? John Jones says the issue is that he thinks he beat him. And so <laughs> that's why he's never been able to get past. It's a hell of a diagnosis. <laughs> if he gets slumped by some of the biggest punches in the division, probably will do it. Yeah. Well, Ryan Spann, I feel foolish for backing Dominic Reyes. Ryan Spann, to beat him essentially, you have to excel in one area. Anyone that's shown kind of an elite skill set in one area, be it wrestling, be it working behind a jab, be it your jiu-jitsu or whatever, has been able to beat him. And Reyes, just as soon as he felt the first shot, just looked like a guy who, this happening again. Yeah. And... Yeah, about 60 seconds later, it did. <laughs> yeah, Moicano, yeah, Moicano looked great against uh, Brad Riddell and then had a bizarre interview with Rogan after where we believe he shouted out, Joe Rogan gets bitches. <laughs> um, and then was saying, I fought RDA on four days notice. Fuck you, pay me my money. I deserve more money. One of those just mad ones where... They're just screaming anything that pops in their head and they keep grabbing it back. I think he kissed Joe Rogan on the top of the head. (laughs) All sorts was going on. And then Dan Hooker comes out and he's against a guy in Claudio Puelles who is a master of the leg locks, ankle locks, heel hooks, all of these. And he does one of these Iminari rolls early and he gets on the leg. (laughs) And it looked for a short period like he was going to have done it again. Hooker was going to be on what feels like about a five-fight skid. Hmm. And he makes it through the round. He had his leg extended a few times, but clearly he drilled it in training, worked around. Second round comes out, and suddenly he's not being taken down as easy. And we know the wrestling tires you out more than it does defending the takedowns anyway. When you're throwing yourself into a role every single time, it's a lot harder. (laughs) It's draining a lot more energy. Yeah, it makes you look incredibly stupid, doesn't it, if it doesn't come off, unfortunately. Yeah. And by about two minutes into the round, he looks spent. 
there was one body kick and he was being dropped and the referee was being quite favourable because he could have stopped it a few times just for the sheer duration it was taking him to get mm. up. Eventually he lands one too many and the ref steps in and Dan Hooker, it really felt for the first time that I can remember that universally everyone was just happy to see him win. How can you not like Dan Hooker? Yeah, I agree. Fights anyone, bangs it out with anyone. And I mean, he was keeping everyone going during the pandemic when he couldn't see his wife and kids Yeah, because he was just staying away and coming back and fighting every time. And he loses and he goes, oh, fair enough, better man. And then comes back and fights someone else. Um, he gives shots to people who probably traditionally wouldn't deserve it, so to speak, with the size of his name. Just a great guy. And another guy that kissed Joe Rogan in his interview. <laughs> what a night Rogan was having. Where he, he had a great quote after when he won. Um, I think it was something like, I'm six foot with a vicious hook. And some other things after, <laughs> but... Where is it? Uh, there you go. I'm six foot with a vicious hook. And he looked well pleased with himself as he went away. Just <laughs> Joe Rogan on top of the head. And, uh, oh, God. Walked off into the sunset. Even just everyone cage side was just over the moon. That's a sign of popularity when people will let you get away with lines like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, always nice for me to see Frankie Edgar get highlight reels. <laughs> oh, your hatred for that man. I saw some arguing he should have had an easier retirement fight. Agree in some sense. Also agree the UFC, I mean, tries to give it that no easy fights here unless your name's Paddy Pimblett. <laughs> but it's kind of your job to say no, isn't it? Because the job of the matchmaker is essentially to, you're on the way out, I need to use you to boost up the next guy. But then it kind of did neither because Chris Gutierrez isn't the guy that they're going to spur on. No, that's it. You're gonna... <laughs> but he was a 30, he's a 31-year-old guy. They kept saying it was kind of a changing of the guard or whatever. 31 years old, but less miles on the clock, more athletic, better chin at this stage, bigger man. And I mean, that's the second time he's been hit by that flying knee now. So, Yeah, it, was, it felt inevitable watching it, didn't it? But still a slip performance from Gutierrez, I thought. Yeah, as they pointed out, it's not one where you really need to have an intricate game plan because you know Frank Yeager is going to be in your face the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what he's bringing. And once once the the speed goes and you're, you're trudging forward, see you later. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Poirier versus Chandler. Insane opening round. So good. Chandler goes for a takedown at one stage after his big things this week about, you know, we we say we're going to stand and bang. We come out and bang. We don't do the wrestling. I think he was slightly torn in his performance because I do think there was something more to it this time around of get the win by any means necessary, which we'll get on to. Yep more than I'm coming out here to purely entertain the fans. So maybe once he'd had that first round out of the way, he was like, look, you got your money's worth. Now I've got to fight. It certainly looked like that, didn't it? And Dustin pointed out, he was really hurt on multiple occasions and said, if he just hit me with a straight shot and didn't loop every single punch, he'd have had me out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but he does he he throws hooks like video game hooks like you're just spamming the buttons and unfortunately he was smothering some of his own work and I mean he was hitting Dustin with a lot of shots fair play to that man's chin he does seem to so uh, good under fire isn't he because you could see him hurt but just he has that composure when he is getting hit like that that kind of by contrast when Chandler started getting pieced up it all just becomes a bit more ragged doesn't it we'll even compare what Dustin is doing on the ropes so to say as Adesanya is doing and you can see the difference in this guy's evading punches this guy has no clue where the hell he is yeah 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 and he gets through the fire and then it's okay here we are now I'll ask you about some of the gamesmanship, if you're going to put it nicely, by Chandler. First one, he takes him down early. I think he takes Dustin down late in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then he gets up, and so he knows he can take him down at this point. He gets him down early in the second. And he says he doesn't. He blows his nose effectively onto Dustin's face. Oh. I don't know if you've seen his interview about this. He says, I had to breathe. The blood was blocking my nose. It wasn't a conscious thing. Oh, I'm going to blow my nose on you. I didn't create gravity. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know, because there's so much other stuff that goes on, particularly when they're on the mat. It's like, is that the worst thing? I'm not sure. I think it's fair game. Yeah. I think it's disgusting, but so is trying to break a man's arm behind his back and so is squeezing a man's neck until he passes out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even just like covering their mouth and nose and stuff that people yeah. do like regularly. It's... I think that is one of the things I cringe at more than anything else. What? Because you even see in the fight, when they almost, their nose just pisses out on the person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because even the fighters look like I'd rather you punch me in the face than this. <laughs> but incredible fight. And Dustin again finds a way. Yeah, it was incredible. The two of them tend to deliver, don't they? Chandler is just as guaranteed entertainment as you're going to get. Um, and it's, I, I think I said it to you guys on the night. Yeah, it was his kind of UFC career condensed into one fight, wasn't it? Just nearly yeah. there, nearly has the guy out and then finds a way to lose. But to us, the fans is entertaining. And similar with Poirier, if he gets the right dance partner, he's always he's always an entertaining fight. He's such a weird one as well. When you look at him in there, he looks like he doesn't look like he wants a scrap, but always finds himself in no. a scrap and is happy to do it. As game as anyone, it's weird. It's a weird thing. He's also as composed as anyone I've seen in the fight. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. He's- in when you look at when you look at Chandler and you look at Gaethje, now he's fought two of the guys that are most adept at bringing the fire. And he's kind of brought them to a place where they're almost like, is this the kind of fight that I want? Yeah, agreed. And he's able to bring that while remaining, while retaining a level of composure that they aren't able to find. And then that gets him through on the other side, just the small things like Chandler is really trying to slam him. He seems to have some kind of second thought on the way down. And that gives him enough to wriggle out the side and get top position. That's it. As much as it looked like a mistake on Chandler's part, just the speeds and efficiency by which Poirier turns that around on him is really impressive. It's, 
it, to be honest, it was kind of because it got overshadowed because of all the other stuff. But in the McGregor fights, just McGregor did start sticking it on him at times. And Rory just says, no, I know what I'm going to do here. And flips it on him so quickly. He just He's probably a higher level than we probably think even. And it sounds crazy well, to say that, but because of his James losses, Crow- we probably don't fully appreciate how good he is. James Krause would do this annoying thing where he'd talk about how he has to get country and this side comes out <laughs> of him where he becomes this dirty guy. And Dustin, for all of the composure he has, looks like if you broke up two people fighting on the street, even if you've knocked the other guy out, you're still going to have a level of aggression and anger once that's over. And he looks like a man that is just pissed off to be fighting. Yeah. And yeah. the the intensity that he held after the fight was something that is slightly unusual for him because usually it's squashed once it's over. In the moment, he looks like, I'm coming to kill you, mm. as they all do. But the the intensity showed afterwards. The fish hook seems to be the thing that that really pissed him off. Yeah, and in fairness, I think you've probably got a right to be. You can you can be pissed off afterwards. Um, we'd all like it to be quashed, but if you feel that way, I'd rather you actually stick with it rather than fake it. Yeah. Did you see the clip of him? saying after about how he felt fighting him. Uh, which clip was this? I've seen a couple of clips for him, but I don't know. If I... He said I was scared to fight. Yes, yeah. Very cool, that. Yeah. He, you know when you watch like an action film and a guy comes out with a speech and it's like, there's no way you haven't rehearsed that. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin doesn't look like he's, re- he just seems, he just seems like just the coolest bloke. Like when he's coming, well, like w- without, without the fear comes no bravery and it's like for a start does anyone actually speak like yeah. that and secondly that also sounds like the best thing i've ever heard yeah if i heard him saying that generally i'd be like that's so cringe what the hell is he doing but after he's just done what he's just done i go okay that's pretty cool and he's also puffing his chest out and shaking his hands at the same time yeah he he's he is just the man like if anyone doesn't like him, I assume you're either a Conor McGregor fan or he's beating your favourite fighter. But I don't know how else, even... I've said, my, you've met my brother. My brother loves McGregor. Mm. Dustin fights and he's like, this is like the coolest bloke ever. <laughs> like this, what a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's just game as you like, isn't he? He's- when I first got Fight Pass, I loved going on Wikipedia and I'd have to screenshot it and basically crop it so the result is out. So just go through someone's career from start to finish. If you could do that with Dustin, you're going to have a hell of an evening on your hands. So, and then we still had Wei Li, who looked incredible Mm -hmm. against Carla Esparza. Truly someone who you can see the evolution every time they get in there. You like it with her as well because you did wonder whether she would just be just this woman who could bang a bit but that would be yeah. it but like you said clearly works on the other side of her game as well well her, her takedown defense alone was incredible mm. and then on top of that when you add in the scrambling ability and the transitions and then that's very high level stuff to defend the takedown move into the side position lock in that choke which is unorthodox from how we would usually see you get choked out from that position and the adjustments, 
everything about it was so good. And people will continue to write off Carla Esparza because she's won the belt twice. And in her first defense, she fought Joanna Janjacek. And then she fought Weili Zhang. Tough defences, isn't it, to be fair? <laughs> yeah, and she's beaten Rose Namajunas and it may have been Samora, like Felice Herrig for the belt the first time around. She came off tough, basically. Yeah. Maybe Angela Hill, actually. One of them. They, her, Felice Herrig, Angela Hill, they were all on the same season of tough and everyone hated them <laughs> because there was another person in the house and they were they were really bitchy all three of them, right. they were like the catty girls that you would see in like a teen comedy. They were all like that. And I can't think who it was. It wasn't Rose, but it was someone else. Um, I believe still in the US, I've just been released from the UFC, a name escapes me. But yeah, they were like this. Everyone hated them. She got the belt and then she gets battered by Joanna. Yeah. And then still people underestimate her. Her wrestling is unbelievable. And she's constantly improving. Her hands got better as she went on, but I don't know, people, she, she wasn't particularly exciting. So no one was ever going to take to her. Even the people that would just side with her because she's American weren't there because she was fighting Rose or whoever else. But she's won the belt twice. No one can take that away from her. So fair play. Whaley, new champion. Still want to see her knock Rose out at some point because <laughs> Yeah, I need to see her dealt with. <laughs> and then the main event, just before we close out today's show. Better than any of us expected? Yeah, probably. Probably was the perfect version of what this fight could have been. If, if you could have dreamt it, it probably would have been this, wouldn't it? Izzy tweeted out midweek, this is going to be a fight going to take him to a place, all of these kind of things. And I, and I replied saying, fool me once, because he's done this. I saw this before Marvin Vittoria. I saw this before whoever else, Anderson Silver on this long mm. list. And he'd become a guy who you are just take the belt off this guy. Cool character, cool personality, but fuck me, <laughs> these fights stink. <laughs> and then Pereira made him fight. He needed a dance partner, didn't he? Well, I tweeted mid-fight and said, this is a horrible look for every one of these other contenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had the same opportunity to make him fight. And Cannonier didn't do it. Vittori didn't do it. None of them did it. And this guy comes in, size of him, by the way. Scarily big. I don't know how but he makes Jan, that weight. But Jan, Jan didn't make him fight like that. So No, True unbelievable hurts him at the end of the first round and it looked like it looked like he was going to write the demons from earlier in his career he was going to tell everyone you forgot don't underestimate the guy that I am this is what I do comes up for the fifth round and there were warning signs because he was tagged a couple of times in the first few rounds and I was going to say something about it, which you may say in hindsight, but also at the same time is a fight you're going to get yeah, hit. Exactly. And so I didn't want to make too much of it because you're fighting a guy that size, you're in close, you are going to take shots at some stage, but he seemed, he was reacting, but he was dealing with it. Okay. 
he was also, I thought Pereira was, ironically, because of, because of how he took him out previously and because of now how he's taking him out, it's going to look a bit silly. But I thought he was getting a bit left hook happy in terms of he didn't seem to be throwing a straight right himself. It seemed to be he thought everything was going to be on this left hook. And I thought, well, is he the intelligence that he's got? He's managing to avoid a clean one, a clean left hook so far. I don't think he'll get caught. But as he touched on, the, the leg kicks probably put pay to that as well. Well, it seemed a thing as well, and we've seen it before, the big guy, you, you drain the life out of him. So who does it? It's Marlon Morais, mm. if you remember that one, where he looks good for two rounds and he comes out in the third and, and he's just got nothing left in him. Mm. And the wrestling seemed like it had taken every last bit of life that there was in Alex Pereira. Glover in the corner gets in his face and says, you've got five fucking minutes. That is great. Get out there. And they always look at afterwards, as, as you've just uh, alluded to. And he does. You have that moment, don't you, where they take the first shot and you think you see a reaction and you kind of sit forward and then you realize this is legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, incredible. It was, for what was a great fight, that is probably how it had to end in terms of, if you were to say it as a spectacle, that, that probably had to end with, with the knockout. Uh, incredible. I, I thought, we said last week, I thought, is he would try and make it a little not boring but a little bit boring and trying to drain his gas tanks I did question how much and after the end of that round three when they'd been doing some grappling like I said I thought he looked spent I thought he had no more left to give and his his powers of recovery are mad because he looked obviously nearly cleaned out at the end of round one recovers from that and then looked physically exhausted rounds three and four and came back from that so incredible really well, he won round two after being rocked in the first. Didn't yeah, and that was his best round, wasn't it, in terms of how clear it was. And then the fifth round, I mean, any complaints about the stoppage? I, I, I genuinely question if you just want to see one of these guys get killed because I, I don't understand how there's even a question about it. And I replied to, I think it was Helwani, who was maybe promoting a show, so maybe that was why, but it was like, mm, any any issues with the stoppage? You know, the guy is one shot away from being sent to another dimension. Because it just because you're not lifeless doesn't mean you're there. No, no, and, and then deferring to him is like it shouldn't be his choice. You can't get oh well, I could have carried on. Oh. You were always going to say that, yeah. Because he even said, "Well, I wouldn't have gone out either because I was losing." It's like, well, a couple more of those and you were going out. It's because this guy's yeah. an absolute danger. Have you seen this guy? Well, but yeah, because the first couple of follow uh, shots he was just swinging and then he seemed to something clicked like this guy's not going anywhere and he regained some composure and then he tagged him with two more and the guy is hunched over on his front that's not the way you dodge punches because if Pereira hit him with a uppercut he his head was going into the bleachers Mm. and we've never seen is he like that in the UFC so Incredible, incredible. I thought Izzy did deal with it about as well as he could. Um, I was glad he didn't stick around for an interview in the Octagon because he likes to talk anyway and he would have said something stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they gave him some time. I still, I don't think he should have been interviewed that soon after, to be fair, but there you go. And hopefully it sets up a, a rematch. Izzy's going to have more questions coming in. I do think it won't be as exciting the second time around because... 
He'll try and make it boring, but I don't know if you can with someone that size closing you down. He doesn't seem he's never shown a real jab and move style. No, and he stayed at he stayed at a range, and he doesn't have the range on Pereira to be able to do that. And let's face it, you, you're gonna have some demons on this map. It seemed like he had some demons about this anyway, because he seemed, you know, for a guy who's achieved all he's had, he did seem riled up still by the idea that this guy had a win over him, and now he's got it again. He's, it's just he's gonna think, is this just has he just got my number? He's a big legacy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's very I don't think traditional is the right word, but he's almost like a fan in that sense mm-hmm. that he's aware of these conversations, he's aware of the goat conversations and this and that. And so he knows now it's a long way back to get to that stage. He needs to win this one and he needs to win the trilogy to to have it as a draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm sure he'd settle for Three three. If he could, if he, I'm sure he'd settle for two one in MMA. If he could get there, and he'd say, "Look, fair play. I think I won the first one in kickboxing. Anyway, I've got my belt back." And the, See you the later. latest ones are always the ones people remember as well. So you can you can get away with that, can't you? It's almost yeah. like kickboxing almost so, didn't happen if he wins those. But Pereira's a, a fun champ, isn't he? He's got that. They kept saying five. He's had eight fights. I don't know why Rogan was insisting on saying five the entire time. He's not even had five in the UFC, so that's not even the excuse. Yeah, I was I was wondering that, and I think at some point they broke from that and said six as well. And it was like so they're not even consistently getting it wrong. Right. Same time, eight numerous times they're getting it wrong with different numbers, and it's impressive either way. So I'm not saying that. It's no. just Rogan and DC. They they need to be separate. Yeah. <laughs> like two kids in class that can't sit next to each other. DC can, and I think he's like ever since. Cruz called him out actually. Yeah. And I'm glad he did that. Mm. But those two together, it feels like they believe they can cruise on chemistry. And Rogan's base knowledge, I used to think, could get him by. But even now, he seems a little too settled in being able to just say, well, it's very similar to this fight rather than telling you about what this guy's done, where this guy's been, what this guy's good at. And so you actually find out very little about the fighters unless you do your own research. It's frustrating, but then in the big moments, there's probably a few teams better. So Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, want, I want Felder to get more breaks. <laughs> there we go. Because Bisping's the same with Rogan as well, so it's not an isolated thing. Rogan just gets him excited, doesn't he? Yep. Uh, we need just three John Annex. There you go. But I think that closes us out because we've got more content to have up on the feed this week. So keep an eye out. We'll have World Cup content dropping the whole way through uh, this week and moving forward. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on spitballingpod.com. Movie Madness this week, City of God versus American Gangster. We are finally doing that. Goodbye.